Abusive Hills Retirement Home by Bruce Shane. There is a catch-22 affecting the children of the elderly people who are placed in care facilities. It is that if they come to understand and admit that they put their parents into a neglectful or abusive situation, then they must admit having made a mistake while their parents were in their charge. And this would mean admitting guilt. God forbid this might have a bad negative effect on their jobs and business reputations. So they use the positive philosophies learned in business to instill in everyone how wonderful life can be if we cooperate and push on. It is more a form of empowerment and determination than actually facing and fixing the problem. The sad dilemma for our society is that the only people who can change and reform the horrors and miseries in facilities, in retirement homes is the children, the guardians of the elderly. They carry all the weight. Not someone like me who may have witnessed with an alert mind 24-7 the atrocities. In others' minds, I was only a sickly resident, living on the premises, with no executive authority and managing anyone's welfare except for myself. I was only capable of being a friendly good guy. And when I stepped out of line I had their hell to pay. For they felt that my concern should have been my own welfare, not hearing and caring about the concerns of others. This for certain is their attitude in life. But for myself and what I have learned from being friends with the elderly, many of them parents such an attitude of not caring about others including new friends who were strangers just yesterday, leads to horrible feelings of loneliness and a sad neglected death. Their forbidding me from caring about others, other than myself, is a point that people like the deviant administrator and the well-meaning assuming son insisted on making clear to me. Although my eyes were focused on the place non-stop, never ceasing, the children in their executive decision-making roles, may only visit once a week at best. Here the joy is often, out of sight out of mind. The unvisited most often cheerful resident son visited her once, for three minutes in two years. It is likely the deviant administrator's office inquiry about my unhappiness with him, if there was in fact an office inquiry, was performed for him to publicly discredit the reasons why I filed a complaint with California licensing and also possibly was also performed to please the well-meaning assuming son. An inquiry would also have been intended to clear the deviant administrator of all guilt before the new owners, and to protect his job position. However the current donor was fully aware of the deviant administrator's bad conduct. She told me that they kept him on because he worked for the cheapest salary and they couldn't afford paying the salaries that other applicants for the job were asking. This complaint concerns the browbeating of myself and others by the deviant administrator, it concerns the undermining med nurse's participation and encouragement in this behavior. The undermining med nurse is no longer employed by Abusive Hills Retirement Home as the med nurse. This report also includes my witnessing the crimes by the deviant administrator of neglect and illegal statements against myself based on the fact that I am on social security disability and no such actions toward other residents who are also on disability have been taken. On August 4, 2006 I, Bruce Shane, a resident of Abusive Hills Retirement Home, 
in Southern California was summoned into the office of the deviant administrator for a sudden meeting that he referred to as an evaluation. I entered the office and the deviant administrator pointed to the undermining med nurse and he explained that she was present in the room to be a witness. I then realized that both of them had been plotting against me for some time with a collection of insignificant issues because I had often defied them. I always believed that both of them had pompous attitudes from being empowered over others. I myself have worked in corporate businesses in a supervisory capacity and I am well aware what is proper conduct for an employee when serving the public. Proof of their pomposity was this sudden courtroom environment that they were presenting to me in the office. This appeared very intimidating to me because Abusive Hills Retirement Home is supposed to be our home, a concept that the deviant administrator often professes to the residents. The undermining med nurse's motivation was the result of her continuing resentment towards me. I believe she refused to be defied by me because of her sense of job empowerment. She always had that kind of personality. Although she lacked an extensive education before coming to Abusive Hill Retirement and by no means was a registered nurse, she considered herself a very important person, working alongside the deviant administrator in her responsibilities as a med nurse. Also my opinions were also based on 30 years of my own experiences in business prior to my moving to California. To begin, the meeting in the office the deviant administrator addressed me in a stern and offensive manner, his tone of voice was loud and his words overly enunciated in a very rude and condescending manner. His face appeared glaring, intolerant and disturbed. As if he were disciplining a young child. It was also apparent that the undermining med nurse was not going to honor her role as a witness but was going to proceed as an outspoken cohort of the deviant administrator and vocalize her accusations. She in fact fed the deviant administrator with further false accusations based on hearsay. She helped feed the deviant administrator with charges to encourage his abusive behavior. In effect they had ganged up on me in an attempt to hinder and disorient my responses. The deviant administrator began by saying that we already had two conversations about the things that he didn't like and we continue to go back on the same subjects. These conversations I will explain later and are not the result of any inappropriate behavior on my behalf, but rather involved favors performed by myself for others in the administration. He said that we needed to change them and if we didn't change them then he had a solution that he would tell me about later. It was obvious beforehand what his solution would be. Probably as fair and reasonable as the final solution of the Nazi party in Germany during the Second World War. The deviant administrator is very easy to predict. He said he wanted to tell me his findings and that I should let him speak without interruptions until he finished. During the conversation the deviant administrator told me to lower my voice, while he in turn was speaking loudly and quickly. So I spoke a few sentences very softly as if I were telling a child a bedtime story. All right, is this how you want me to speak? He replied that was good. He was obviously trying to prevent me from exerting myself as an individual. His attempt to control the conversation was completely ridiculous. What followed was a clear case of browbeating, definition, 
to discourage or frighten with threats or a domineering manner, to intimidate. The most important issue I think to listeners of this audio was when the deviant administrator referred to my audio recording of a woman with a breathing problem, the elderly breathless heavy-set lady, God rest her soul. She was a sick elderly resident, a sweet woman who was usually soft-spoken, who yelled loudly for help in the late hours of the night between 10 p.m. until 4 a.m. for a period of two weeks. The elderly breathless heavy-set lady shouted continuously, Someone please help me. When no one would come to her room she would begin shouting very loudly and angrily. The residents on my floor were kept up all night for going on two weeks. The caregivers could not comfort the elderly breathless heavy set lady nor stop her from shouting. They told me that the situation had been reported to the deviant administrator and it was not necessary to go to him. As usual, as I also realized, they knew that the deviant administrator was doing nothing about the dilemma to assist them. Nothing. So one night while I was recording a radio show I heard noises in the hallway, so I carried my tape recorder out into the hallway where I heard the sound of the elderly breathless heavy set lady shouting. It was near 11pm. The two lady night shift caregivers saw my tape recorder and spoke into it explaining their frustration with the situation and their concern for the elderly breathless heavy set lady. The two lady night shift caregivers said it was impossible to quiet and calm her, and that they had done all that they could do. I realized that if I kept on recording I could take the tape to the deviant administrator in the morning and he would get a better understanding of what was occurring in the building late at night. But before I could the next morning, the elderly breathless heavy-set lady's daughter and her son-in-law surprised me with their presence. So I invited them into my room to hear the recording. They were both shocked. They said, oh my god. We had no idea, Bruce. Why didn't somebody tell us? She needs to be put on medication. Her daughter and son-in-law were very grateful to me, and her son-in-law offered me three blank audio tapes and some batteries in exchange for the tape. I was hesitant because I wanted a copy to take to the deviant administrator, but I gave it to them because I was more concerned about stopping the elderly breathless heavy-set lady's suffering as soon as possible. A day later the elderly breathless heavy-set lady was finally put on medication at 8 p.m., but it had no effect. She continued to shout all night. Two days later her nurse gave her a sedative but she had to be sent to the hospital because her blood pressure had become much too high from two weeks of unattended shouting. A day or so later the elderly breathless heavy set lady passed away. So the deviant administrator said in my office, evaluation, that I was not to make recordings of anyone to get people in trouble. You're only going to get yourself in trouble. Of course I had no intentions of using it to get the deviant administrator in trouble. He must have had a guilty conscience because getting someone in trouble had nothing to do with it and he would have realized that had he given the matter just a little thought. I told him that I was trying to help the elderly breathless heavy set lady because she was suffering horribly. All the while the deviant administrator insisted that I lower my voice. I told him that her children didn't know. He replied that that was all right and her problem was caused by a change of her medication. I personally also have had problems with changes of medication but it was never a reason to be left to suffer. 
He quickly said the words while I spoke. Lower your voice. Lower your voice. These interruptions are a tactic to control and intimidate people. I suspect he has instructed the caregivers to use his tactic. He told me he wanted me to speak very softly to him. And of course, I regarded this as unfair and that he was completely insane. I then became more forceful and said, Who do you think you are? You're not God. He replied maniacally, I am the administrator. I continued saying that the elderly breathless heavy-set lady's children were unaware of how she was suffering. He replied, That's okay, that the children didn't know. The problem was being taken care of. It was caused by her medicine. That was another lie. The undermining med nurse of course agreed with him because she was responsible for dispensing her medication. I believe that if the elderly breathless heavy-set lady were on new medication then she should have been observed for side effects and then if her reaction was bad her medication should have been immediately stopped. Not to have her suffer for two weeks. If she were on new medication then she was done so with little regard and not monitored to stop it should she suffer from a reaction. But I suspect she was not on appropriate new medicine until after her children heard my tape recording. The deviant administrator continued. You don't know her medical history. Everything was taken care of. I thought to myself if long prolonged periods of suffering and neglect is the deviant administrator's idea of taken care of, then he has no business working in the health and caregiving field. I insisted, you misinformed. He then proceeded to insult and condescend to me by saying that if I wanted a job in a studio, in show business taping and recording then he would get me a job. He said he did not need a policeman or a guard in the building. I found this ironic because policemen are called when a crime is committed. Somewhere in the deviant administrator's mind did he realize that he had committed a crime? Another crime called neglect. I am a citizen of the United States of America by birth and I could act in a policeman manner and make a citizen's arrest if necessary, which is in fact what I am attempting to do at the time of this writing. I would not make audio recordings done in the facility because all parties must consent to conversations, but I did not record a conversation, I happened to record an elderly woman shouting out in misery for a very long period of time. And the caregivers saw that I was holding a tape recorder and they spoke directly into it. I do now and always will consider my tape recording of the elderly breathless heavy-set lady with a breathing problem as the most Christian and best thing that I have ever done. Because it quickly ended the suffering of not only the elderly breathless heavy-set lady but also the residents who were kept awake and annoyed. The deviant administrator asked me, who was I to be involved in the elderly breathless heavy-set lady's problem? You not even family. The deviant administrator in his usual ignorance was not aware that over the years I had spent many social hours with her daughter and son-in-law at Abusive Hills Retirement Home, outdoor functions and sitting outside with them conversing. Even so, had it been any resident who was suffering for a prolonged period, then not only I but many other residents, less capable, would come to the aid of someone in need of help. I have seen this many times. This is natural for people who know the golden rule. 
I taught the elderly breathless heavy-set lady in our Bible study, which the pushy chain-smoking resident conducted. The reason that I stopped working in partnership with the pushy chain-smoking resident I think should also be examined. I remember the elderly breathless heavy-set lady asked how it was possible that Jesus could say, before Abraham I, was. The elderly breathless heavy-set lady was extremely interested. So prior to the elderly breathless heavy-set lady's two weeks of shouting and suffering I had a relationship with her and her family. I also sat in the elderly breathless heavy-set lady's room for a few hours to calm her down once in a while during the nights when she was calling for help. I learned that she was extremely grateful that I kept her company and that she did not want to be left alone. But I believe that the deviant administrator will never understand that kind of caring because he is a busy man and the all-powerful administrator. The deviant administrator told me he has no belief in any religion. He explained that his mother yells for help constantly in the hospital, but the nurses can't keep attending to her because they don't have the time. I don't know if there is truth in the deviant administrator's story, and I suspect his mother would be in a nursing home, not a hospital, as my mother was, when in such a condition existed for a long period of time. And in a hospital his mother would be calmed with a sedative, as they do not allow such patients to suffer for many days shouting for help. In a nursing home, as in the case of the elderly breathless heavy-set lady, it was certainly expected her medication be corrected in a few days, not neglected for two weeks. Again, I repeat that the elderly breathless heavy-set lady's children were shocked when they found out of the deviant administrator's unprofessional and neglectful conduct towards the care of their mother. The deviant administrator's apathy towards his own mother's suffering is further proof that he believes when a caregiver is busy, it is a justifiable reason to allow his residents to suffer. He obviously includes himself as justified in ignoring his residents for as much as two weeks when they are suffering, when he himself is busy. His activities take priority over the needs of his residents. This is contrary to the stated care policies presented in any retirement home's brochures. I consider this the deviant administrator's failure to do his job and dispense and administer suitable instruction to his caregiving staff. Therefore he is not a suitable administrator at all, he is a total failure as an administrator. He is the wrong person for elderly people's welfare be dependent upon. Both the undermining med nurse and the deviant administrator proceeded to instruct me that I was not to help others. They told me that was the reality of this retirement home and that is what the caregivers were there for. I fully understand that for liability reasons residents must not assist others physically, especially where equipment is involved. But I know that physical attendance is often performed by residents in emergencies to avoid panic and misery when no person in charge is available, or to be found for a prolonged period of time. And that does happen often. That is the reality, no matter what the ideal concept is by administrators and corporate policy makers, guaranteed when marketing the room rentals or covering liability and safety regulations. When an able-bodied resident does relieve the problem, all are very grateful that he or she did so. The idea that residents are not to help or be concerned for other residents is totally wrong, 
simply a form of wish for authority and subjugation of management and not an indication that the helping resident is unhappy living at the facility. The forms of help that residents should and always provide to other fellow residents are friendship, conversation, keeping them company, simple explanations when they are confused or lost, and visitations if they like. That is common sense because we are human beings, and this is not a prison where every move must be supervised by a caregiver. The demented administrator added that if the caregivers were not doing their job then they would be in big trouble. I asked him if he had checked up and asked the caregivers. And he replied that he didn't have to do that, that is their job. The deviant administrator and the undermining med nurse twisted my participation with other residents by saying because I could not accept the fact that elderly people frequently cry for help and plead for assistance that I should move out. He said since I feel forced to help and I am too unhappy with this place and I should move out. It is interesting, because most everyone in the facility knew that I always assisted everyone who asked, and I am usually very cheerful in doing so. There was never any indication of my complaining about it. I continue to believe by his behavior that the deviant administrator simply wanted to silence me about my personal view of his inadequacies and to convince himself further that he does not commit crimes nor is he a neglectful manager. I replied that the caregivers are busy with other tasks, changing diapers, giving out medicine, preparing people for bed, doing laundry, etc. The deviant administrator replied, Did you once come to me? Now be careful how you answer that. I was now very provoked and I replied, No, why should I? When I come you do nothing. For months the air conditioning in the hallway wasn't working and the residents were roasting. Even now it's still hot in the hallway. I told you that my bathtub was stopped up eight months ago, and you said you would fix it and you didn't. I even put it in writing in a list of things when you said I was getting a roommate. Nothing. You were supposed to fix my window air conditioning. He then interrupted. What? I fixed your air conditioning. I explained. But you did it poorly. It leaks inside my room. Every day I have to change a gallon of water from a bucket on the floor. He continued. The issue of the elderly breathless heavy set lady is closed. I don't want to waste any the more time with you talking about this. I agreed. I know it's closed. Thank God it's closed. The deviant administrator and the undermining med nurse again twisted my comments saying that if I was not comfortable with the residents and that I felt forced to help them I should go someplace else. He said that he would move me to a place that would make me very happy. I will send you to the Garden of Eden. Then again asked me, do you want to go to another facility, since you think this is such a horrible place? I replied insistently, no. I don't think this is a horrible place. I like it here. I have many friends here. The deviant administrator said, since you think I am the devil wouldn't you be happier someplace else? I replied, I didn't say you were the devil, you're elevating yourself. I said that you are not God, who can pass such decisions over people. Only God can know when someone is not comfortable or happy when they say they are comfortable and happy, and never complain to others.
but the devil can twist the truth and rid himself of good people and jeopardize their happiness and welfare. There's a difference between God and the devil. The deviant administrator said that was my opinion. I repeated my statement looking up at the undermining med nurse and she smugly looked down at me with her superior attitude, somewhat in agreement with me. This clearly showed the nature of the deviant administrator's personality. The meeting continued as I softly spoke to the deviant administrator about my rights as a citizen and as a tenant and I compared him as a landlord. I began to tell him that a tenant does not have to follow the instructions of the landlord if. But he and the undermining med nurse cut me off mid-sentence. I was going to finish by saying, if the landlords wants things that are not agreed to in advance or are conventionally unreasonable. He cut me off by saying, by the way your rent is late. I answered, no, I paid on the usual agreed time. He said, no. I always tell you the rent is due on the first. That was another lie. The deviant administrator has never spoken to me about when rent was due. For three years because of my being on social security disability my rent did not arrive until the third of the month. The deviant administrator was attempting to keep me fearful of losing my residency at Abusive Hills Retirement and prevent me from continuing to be aware of his crimes of neglect and other abuses. He had advanced his acts of browbeating, in my opinion, well into a criminal level. Yet his evaluation of me was far from finished. I told him that my payments were dependent on social security disability payments and he has always known that, the funds arriving on the third. He then proceeded to insult me by saying that they had been, grandfathering, me all these years because I am on disability. That was also an untruth because no one at any time has given me any special favors. I paid my rent on time as corporate expected for over three years and have always been extremely helpful to other residents and also to the caregivers. There are currently three other residents at Abusive Hills Retirement on Disability. He would never have made that statement to any of these residents. But he had the audacity to say it to me. Next he said a statement that I suspect is illegal, but I will need to inquire with government agencies to be certain. He said that I could no longer stay at Abusive Hills Retirement because they did not take people on disability. I think perhaps because he made this statement to me alone in this particular situation then it was illegal. He asked me again if I wanted to move out and he would help me find a place that accepts people on disability. I asked him. Are you going to evict me because I'm on disability? He answered, No, I'm going to move you. This place is now a private facility, we do not accept people on disability. If you want to stay while living on disability and have another income I can keep you. Do you want me to make those arrangements? The room is now $1,800 a piece. Can you afford that? It was a deliberate lie, because I doubt that anyone had this notion to increase my rent to equal that of someone not on disability. It was a deliberate act to control me and instill into me financial worry, fear, and respect his notion of his all-powerful position over me. It was a continuation of his browbeating. He would never have made that statement to any of the other residents at Abusive Hills Retirement on Disability.
Wherever he got the audacity to go that far I will never understand. He said that he was not throwing me out, he was just going to relocate me. He referred to all that I had been involved in as, nonsense. He describes my awareness of his and the undermining med nurse's inappropriate behaviors, my helpful involvement with elderly friends at Abusive Hills Retirement Home, as, nonsense. He describes his continuous harming of others with his browbeating disrespect and demeaning mannerisms, upon the elderly residents, the children of residents, or the employees, as, nonsense. And they both began to try to instill in me the list of activities that if I did not change I would be forced to leave. I then told him that I had news for him. He may just find himself losing his job. The deviant administrator ordered me that his name was never to be the mentioned on my lips. If he ever hears me say to the anyone then that will be it. Meaning he will have me moved out. This threat to forcefully evict me on his terms is another example how the deviant administrator is not qualified to be an administrator, manager, because had he attempted to remove me for these trite right reasons Abusive Hills Retirement Home would have been faced with a tremendous lawsuit. Therefore I believe that should the deviant administrator continue with these notions then he will soon be putting Abusive Hills Retirement Home in financial jeopardy. I respect people's privacy and personal property, something the deviant administrator clearly does not. I said that he has allowed a resident with dementia, the funny elderly trespassing woman, to burglarize everyone's rooms every day, and he regarded her as a celebrity. That was his very word, celebrity, when the funny elderly trespassing woman first arrived here because he had known her from a previous experience. I had noted the funny elderly trespassing woman's activities in writing in my list that the previous activity director insisted that I prepare for a resident council meeting. I have a copy of this list in my files. The funny elderly trespassing woman never stole anything from the rooms at Abusive Hills Retirement but all day long she went from door to door entering the rooms. She often took her roommate the long retired dancer with her. I respect others' privacy, and that is something that the deviant administrator does not. Then we went on to his next issue with me. He said that complaints with my doctor must be limited only to myself. This information was gathered by the undermining med nurse from a confidential doctor-patient conversation. It was the result of the undermining med nurse's eavesdropping. I had not been getting the leafy green vegetables that visiting Dr. Goodhart had prescribed for my diet to lower my triglycerides. This prescription had been posted for almost two years in the kitchen, I removed it before I moved out and have it in my possession. In my usual friendly conversation with visiting Dr. Goodhart I mentioned how I helped my 91-year-old close friend, also her patient with her meals because she is mostly blind, and that my 91-year-old close friend also seldom got leafy greens. I spoke on this for two seconds with visiting Dr. Goodhart. The undermining med nurse claims that visiting Dr. Goodhart then told them to provide my 91-year-old close friend with leafy greens because, Bruce had told her. I do not believe visiting Dr. Goodhart would involve me, a patient, in her instructions to others. Is this really a significant issue to use by the deviant administrator and the undermining med nurse in trying to insist that I move out? 
I believe this is just one of their excuses to browbeat residents because of their egotistic unprofessional manner of conduct. I then mentioned that I had written a food critique on the food at Abusive Hills Retirement and I submitted it to him and to corporate and requested that it be given to the dietitian and nothing was done about the menu. I said that the diet was very bad. The deviant administrator agreed and said that no one else had a problem with the food. No one else wrote him a letter. I of course responded saying that was because they all have Alzheimer or dementia and could not. And probably because they truly do not find the deviant administrator that helpful in their lives, and some do not know who he is. However I have heard many people in the hallway complain about the diet or in the dining room. And because the elderly are so sentient they don't want to eat, especially when the food is bad, they don't really care. But in good conscience that is no reason not to serve balanced meals. Not to consider the nutrition and pH balance of the residents' health, nor to deny the residents' food that they would really enjoy. Food that is like the food that they prepared when they were at home or went to restaurants. The deviant administrator once told me that food was not important to him. He preferred McDonald's. But I don't see how his personal preferences have anything to do with accommodating the residents and serving balanced wholesome meals. The dutiful experienced head cook has tried over the year to improve the menu but is always treated with very little respect and his wishes are dismissed by the deviant administrator. The dutiful experienced head cook also is a good friend of mine. The topic of my helping people came up again. I mentioned that at one time I was regarded as a spokesman and leader by the administration. This is true. The previous activity director had me write up a list of all the services that existed before which no longer were available at Abusive Hills Retirement. She wanted my observations based on the conditions that existed here. A time when the most appreciated previous administrator was loved by all of the residents. Unlike the deviant administrator, she was very helpful to the residents' daily concerns and their personal problems. She was fired early February 2005. The previous activity director had me do the assessment on behalf of the residents to be presented at the next resident council meeting. I made the mistake of giving the list to our ombudsman, a pretentious high-on-herself woman, and not to the deviant administrator. The deviant administrator had greater resentment towards our ombudsman, as he does with the ex-marketing director. But I don't fault him for his negativity towards our ombudsman because she makes fools of the elderly residents by voicing instructions at the meetings to the shady activity director, and he has no abilities to change policies, his job is recreational, activities. The ombudsman's gives the appearance that she is actually changing things when she jabbers out instructions to the activity director. Actually she cannot. The deviant administrator was furious about the list that I made for the previous activity director of all the services that have been stopped recently at Abusive Hills Retirement Home, a list intended to give to the ombudsman. He went over with me in his office every item on the list trying to negate them. Crossing them out as if his finger were an imaginary pencil. That was the second evaluation that the deviant administrator called me into the office for his dislike for the list. As it turns out now, one year later, 
Most all of the changes have been done at Abusive Hill's retirement, despite his disagreeing, which also equals the short time that the Deviant Administrator has been in charge here. His time has been a mere drop in the bucket. I don't remember what the first evaluation was about. Probably my threatening to phone licensing about something that the undermining med nurse was also uncooperative about. Hence the beginning of her plotting against me. I mentioned how the present shady activity director named me the leader three times in the living room. The deviant administrator somehow now refers to it as the lobby. Number one, the shady activity director had me stand near the hallway for everyone to line up behind me as we marched outside. Number two, the shady activity director had me read the trivia questions to the group outside. Number three, the shady activity director had me roll and call out bingo numbers, while he went elsewhere. The deviant administrator commented that no one is a leader, and if the shady activity director had said that then he would be in trouble. The deviant administrator then called the shady activity director into the office and asked him if he ever called me a leader. I refreshed the shady activity director's memory of the outside group, and the shady activity director said that he had never called me a leader, and my recollection was not true. The shady activity director was a liar, doing so in the office. At that moment he had made himself clear that at the first opportunity, when his job performance was in question, that he was no friend to me. The deviant administrator thanked the shady activity director, and the shady activity director left the office. The deviant administrator then enthusiastically said, I am a democrator. I solve problems quickly. As to matters of the shady activity director, on other occasions the shady activity director had me again call the bingo numbers while he sat back and read the newspaper want ads looking for a better job. That was number three, the third time I was called upon to be a leader. The shady activity director also once had my ailing fellow friend resident conduct bingo numbers while he went away doing something unrelated to his job. After that both my ailing fellow friend resident and myself he decided to stay away from the activities conducted by the shady activity director. Throughout the year I have been tolerant of the shady activity director and he repeatedly used me for downloading music for his events. I consider the shady activity director a user of the worst kind and like the deviant administrator he is a liar. After hearing my recount of the shady activity director using me as a leader, the undermining med nurse and the deviant administrator explained to me that it was helping. Yet why was it alright for me to help the shady activity director to pass the buck and not for me to help suffering residents? Now is this helping is being played against me, as the administration threatens to have me relocated. On the subject of the deviant administrator's habit of browbeating people, I know for a fact that he has browbeaten my ailing fellow friend resident. I have heard that he has also browbeaten the corporate bookkeeper at a corporate meeting in the presence of the ex-marketing director and the retirement homeowner. I am not certain if the administrator of Abusive Hill Retirement Homes affiliate retirement home, a long acquaintance of mine, was present. The deviant administrator insisted that he sent a fax to corporate offices, but the corporate bookkeeper said she had not received his fax. 
so he browbeat her igth in front of all of these important execs. He also browbeat an ex-resident. The usually good-natured wheelchair-bound man, a man who needed kidney dialysis twice weekly, and his cousin who represented him. And of course he browbeat myself, Bruce Chain. And there was a wonderful caregiver I call the best darn experienced and professional caregiver of all time, who worked at Abusive Hills Retirement for many years, who also could not tolerate the deviant administrator's treatment. There are many more instances that I could report, one in which the deviant administrator seated at a dining table the unvisited most often cheerful resident with the angry old cussing mean resident. Her mental illness caused her to be in a romantic haze, or else intolerant of others who asked too many questions, anywhere in the dining room. The angry old cussing mean resident had the habit of cursing at everyone to drop dead and go to hell. Even to caregivers. The deviant administrator's rationale for seating them in the dining room at the same table was that both often shouted at people, so he supposed that their similar tendencies in this one respect would have a calming effect upon each other. Like expecting two wild out of control children to make nice together because in ways they are similar. I believe this kind of toying with the health of elderly residents based on his kind of logic is complete insanity and extremely dangerous to the residents. In other words, the deviant administrator is a complete half-witted idiot, and shows his lack of understanding of social interaction and cause and effect. But the obvious real situation here was that the unvisited most often cheerful resident was delusional and sang non-stop to an imaginary friend. This was annoying and caused the angry old cussing mean resident to curse at her also non-stop. Everyone in the dining room was witness to this. The unvisited most often cheerful resident developed heart palpitations and shortness of breath from the angry old mean resident's harsh scoldings. On a weekend I was worried that the unvisited most often cheerful resident would drop dead. She would have been the third person to drop dead after one of the angry old cussing mean resident's scoldings. I refused to let it happen to my good friend the unvisited most often cheerful resident. It was going on her fifth scolding. So in what I considered an emergency, with no staff or managers available, I invited her to sit at our table with and my 91-year-old close friend and myself. I then phoned the deviant administrator and left a message asking him to please phone me with permission so that the unvisited most often cheerful resident could stay at our table. A few weeks later my 91-year-old close friend could not tolerate the unvisited most often cheerful resident's often interfering disposition, and my 91-year-old close friend had her son the well-meaning assuming son demanded that I have the unvisited most often cheerful resident reseated at another table. The well-meaning assuming son's words to me on the phone were, you took on the responsibility to have her moved to my mother's table so you should go to the deviant administrator and have her moved. The next day in the office the deviant administrator said to me that he had told me that since I brought the unvisited most often cheerful resident over to my table without permission so it was now permanent. This was a lie, the deviant administrator had never mentioned subject to me or showed any interest. He never told me expressed to me anything before on the matter. 
The deviant administrator also said that one of the caregivers phoned him asking for permission to reseat the unvisited most often cheerful resident. But it was I who left the message. Days later the unvisited most often cheerful resident was rushed to the hospital and diagnosed with congestive heart failure and severe cellulite. Her legs were swollen up three times the size of a normal leg. I continued to visit the unvisited most often cheerful resident at New Vista Convalescent Nursing Home in Sunland every few weeks until I left for Maryland. She appeared much better and has adjusted well. This is the same place that I stayed prior to coming to Abusive Hills Retirement Home in October of 2003. My legs had been paralyzed from a reaction to a blood platelet transfusion necessary after a hematologist at a hospital had overdosed me with my medication. This is an indisputable fact on the emergency room records, I had zero platelets within nine days after starting the medication, the prescription of which I saw in detail being written, I had been erased of all of my blood platelets, the opposite of my medical condition. So when I visited the unvisited most often cheerful resident I knew my way around. Another instance was recently when the angry old cussing mean resident's daughters could not afford the increase in rent. So the deviant administrator made the angry old cussing mean resident a roommate with my ailing fellow friend resident, age 64. The angry old mean resident was well known for his mean and cruel behavior. Apparently the deviant administrator was unaware of this until a few weeks prior to pairing up the angry old cussing mean resident with my ailing fellow friend resident. Everyone I knew realized that the angry old cussing mean resident was an inappropriate roommate for my ailing fellow friend resident, or anyone for that matter. As a roommate to my fellow friend resident the angry old cussing mean resident insisted that my ailing fellow friend resident go to sleep at 6 p.m. when the angry old cussing mean resident retired and that my ailing fellow friend resident not make any noises. He continuously cursed that my ailing fellow friend resident. My ailing fellow friend resident then found no relief from the situation and slept many nights in the sunroom to finally get some rest. In sympathy I suffered with him. We used to watch old television shows on cable in the sunroom with the unvisited most often cheerful resident every evening. I believe in as much as it was obvious to everyone that the angry old cussing mean resident was not a suitable roommate for any individual that this was a heinous act by the deviant administrator. Perhaps the deviant administrator only saw that my ailing fellow friend resident's room was available to share and remembered how he repeatedly told my ailing fellow friend resident that he would have to accept any roommate that he would choose. The deviant administrator was obviously preparing this heinous act, and as usual, being demented, inclined to bully and disrespect persons he thinks are obviously unable to stand up for themselves. I would witness his lectures upon my ailing fellow friend resident and that was always my assessment of the deviant administrator's behavior. In order for him to play his rent-raising scheme upon the angry old cussing mean resident's children, my ailing fellow friend resident informed me of his lectures, insisting my ailing fellow friend resident yield to the deviant administrator's demands many months before this incident. 
Yet my room was also available to share and the deviant administrator knew he could never have been successful pairing myself with the angry old cussing mean resident in the same room. He was taking advantage of my ailing fellow friend resident's mental and physical condition, as he does with the dementia and Alzheimer residents, on an inhumane level. I truly suspect that the deviant administrator was also scheming to prove to the angry old cussing mean resident's daughters that their father could only reside in a private room, so that the deviant administrator could obtain the rent increase. The deviant administrator achieved this through the misery and sufferings of my ailing fellow friend resident. I cannot see any other reason why the deviant administrator would pair up my ailing fellow friend resident who is a timid man with Parkinson and cellulite, who already had difficulties sleeping at night. The angry old cussing mean resident's cruel nature forced him to suffer miserably. My ailing fellow friend resident already suffers from digestive problems that are probably linked to his Parkinson and his medicine. My ailing fellow friend resident is not a shrewd man and is not certain on how to deal with problems because he was kept from such experiences throughout his life. But he is very opinionated with a very good memory. The caregivers are witness how he came to me for fear of being in trouble with management for belly aching. Most often all I could say to him was that I was only a resident and he had to wait until the med nurse returned to work. A few weeks after the angry old cussing mean resident moved in with my ailing fellow friend resident. While my ailing fellow friend resident was finally getting his rest and sleep in the sunroom, the deviant administrator asked my ailing fellow friend resident the important question. How is everything? My ailing fellow friend resident was compelled not to bellyache out of confusion and fear of repercussions. So his response to the deviant administrator was, fine. And the deviant administrator went on his merry way. The deviant administrator has also failed to file numerous small incident reports to licensing regarding serious falls by residents. I admit such falls are very common and the caregivers have not reported them as important. But the facts remain that there have been such incidents where residents were hospitalized or needed immediate doctor's attention. One such fall being the unvisited most often cheerful resident, another myeling fellow friend resident, and also a quiet sad Filipino resident. Other serious falls not requiring hospitalization have been the misfit educated elderly lady, my 91-year-old close friend, the old genius Yugoslavian scientist, and the list goes on. Continuing with my office evaluation, he spoke about how I should not help others. They both said, the deviant administrator and the undermining med nurse, that it was the condition of a retirement home for the residents to be troubled and in need. And if I was uncomfortable with that fact then I should move out. The deviant administrator said that I was a misfit and that I was very high level However that was only the deviant administrator's surface interpretation, and he has no knowledge of my medical history. And it is not his job to interpret my level of health without consulting with my doctor. I have many health conditions but in the recent year I have overcome the symptoms through diet, however difficult it is in abusive Hills retirement home, and studying on the internet which foods and vitamins were best for me. And also daily exercise. The first year and a half I was very sick. 
I went to Verdugo Hills emergency room six times. The caregivers can attest to that. But of course, as usual, the deviant administrator is completely ignorant of the facts. Since the deviant administrator had determined that I was a misfit then he thought it right that he should get rid of me. I think he was saying my wishes to better the facility would not coincide with the wishes of the other residents. However I don't understand that because he would probably say, when confronted in detail, that the other residents would appreciate my wishes. I compared his statement to how Jesus Christ was sacrificed to spare the rest of the nation from the authoritative Romans coming down on them. Of course he didn't understand my statement and said that he wasn't going to kill me just relocate me. The undermining med nurse agreed with him. Thank the Lord they weren't going to try and kill me, which of course I never thought was their intentions. My reference to Jesus Christ was in regards to how he was a sacrifice even though he did extraordinary good for the people. How absurd it was for them to speak of not wanting to kill me. It just proved how their knowledge, like most things, was on a very low level and they cared not. I knew that they simply wanted to humiliate me and put me in a place to their liking. The deviant administrator and the undermining med nurse it next issue concerned my visits to cheer up my friends in PCU, the villa. He told me I was not to visit PCU unless I had important business. This sounded like nonsense to me because what kind of business could a resident have with sick elderly patients in PCU? The undermining med nurse said that there was a resident there whom I reminded her of a relative that upsets her and she becomes uncontrollable. I knew that they were referring to the misfit educated elderly lady. I insisted that her condition was not my responsibility. But they would not listen. The truth is that the misfit educated elderly lady had many long conversations when she first arrived and I met her daughter and grandchildren. After a while the misfit-educated elderly lady had become upset with the caregivers, and kept saying she was going to hire a hitman and have them shot. She soon became very violent and hysterical. Many times two caregivers had to force her back to PCU from outside where she shouted to me or to others to call the police. I was unable to help her so I stayed clear from PCU while she was so violent. The idea that the undermining med nurse could so easily put the violent woman's anger on my shoulders is an example of her undermining schemes to put blame on me and her inability to admit the truth about herself and the deviant administrator. I know exactly how the blame was put on me. One day I visited misfit educated elderly lady in PCU, long after she had calmed down. She angrily said to me that I was stupid and that I sided with the caregivers. I decided to scold her back, as if I were family, and tell her that I resented her calling me stupid and I didn't side with the caregivers or disagree with her claims against them. She said that she was a college graduate and the caregivers were uneducated bullies. I think now perhaps I made a bad decision, or maybe not, because I was trying to reach her. I probably should have returned the next day and let her direct her emotions again towards me. But instead in my absence she became vindictive towards me in addition to everyone else. Yet I did just that after my meeting with the demented administrator and the undermining med nurse. I am certain this was the opportunity that the on-duty PCU caregiver, the shifty caregiver Fink, was waiting for. 
I suspect the shitty caregiver thing reported my actions to the undermining med nurse, them being friends, or to the deviant administrator, or to both. The misfit educated elderly lady became vindictive and told everyone that I called her stupid. That is how the undermining med nurse charged me with causing the misfit educated elderly lady weeks of hysteria, which was an exaggerated lie. After my office evaluation of August 4, 2006 I went into PCU and apologized to the misfit educated elderly lady for the misunderstanding and gave her a gift. So truly our friendship was renewed. I personally believe it was an error in judgment to give the deviant administrator a license to practice in a residential care facility. I say this because the sick and the elderly do not have the presence of mind to be aware of the deviant administrator's perverse activities and his disinterest in many aspects occurring within a facility. In this respect he is taking advantage of their handicap and mental confusion. And the employees, who work in a loving manner yet for minimum wage, have to tolerate his harsh answers when they have a complaint. As he replies to the complaints of the residents he also replies to his employees, if you don't like it here then maybe you would be happier someplace else. Somehow, somewhere, in the deviant administrator's mind he thinks that is an acceptable answer. He usually continues with, no one else has a problem, it's just you. Everyone I know who has experienced his rhetoric finds it insulting, arrogant, and without normal human compassion. It is my impression that an administrator should seek to know all that occurs within the building no matter how seemingly unimportant or overlooked. The deviant administrator does not fit the profile of an administrator. Had he not been so devious I would think him more suited as an activity director. He could perhaps serve as a marketing director if he were to stop deluding visitors with his fabrications and exaggerations of the qualities and activities happening at Abusive Hills Retirement Home. He is also not suited in any executive capacity because he is not properly educated in English grammar. In the past I wrote him a letter requesting that the housekeepers not leave my door unlocked or opened, and that I wanted my yogurt that was prescribed by my doctor to be supplied again. For some unknown reason to me they had stopped providing my yogurt, and for the last year it has not been supplied per my request, although again the deviant administrator said to me he would resume the supply. The deviant administrator sent me a reply letter that showed he had no knowledge of English grammar. The letter had three different subjects running together in one long sentence with no punctuation. It was clear to me that he lacks a proper high school education. The deviant administrator is an excellent actor and showman. His acting abilities are reflected in his work at Abusive Hills Retirement Home. He acts the part of being a tender, concerned, good-natured, and well-informed administrator. But in private he is not. At the end of our office meeting he explained the relation of himself with myself, and the residents, in an analogy. He compares himself to the President of the United States wherein the average person can't really change or reach him. Obviously the deviant administrator doesn't know American history, how democracy works, and when in 1974 President Richard Nixon resigned because of the Watergate scandal. The deviant administrator always insists on having the dominant position, as if he were the judge and jury. Yet, as I mentioned before, 
He referred to himself as a democrator. I solve problems quickly. Which demonstrated what a contradiction he is, because those who have really experienced his nature in private regard him more on the level of a dictator. In conclusion he wanted me to stop all of my nonsense, which I realize that anyone who has read this report will understand how I regard this comment. In recounting all of the above it is clear that it is the deviant administrator who engages in too much nonsense. He does not belong in any managerial position in any business except perhaps in theatrics. The truth is that the deviant administrator is ignorant of many matters taking place at Abusive Hill's retirement home because he regards himself too important, busy, and safe within a position of authority. Too important to be concerned about the truth and the well-being of his residents and his employees, employees whose work shifts he could not even recall during our meeting. I also have been informed that the deviant administrator has instructed some of the caregivers not to listen to the residents. He regards himself as a very busy man, and is now instilling this new approach in his employees. The deviant administrator is a compulsive liar of the worst kind, doing so at his own convenience without regards for others. Follow-up information, six months after I moved out of Abusive Hills Retirement Home, August 2007, my 91-year-old close friend falls in the hallway while being forced back to her room. She then passes away in February, 2008, 11 months after I moved out. Before her passing, after my contacting my 91-year-old close friend in Verdugo Hills convalescent home to console her and say goodbye, I emailed her well-meaning assuming son informing him that I had done so. Although he never expressed that I not contact her before, he had told me that she didn't have a phone in her convalescent home room. I was aware, like the deviant administrator, that the well-meaning assuming son was lying to me, again insulting my intelligence, displaying towards me the same insulting habits as the deviant administrator. So I informed her well-meaning assuming son by email that contrary to what he had told me, I had discovered that his mother my 91-year-old close friend did have a phone in her room, and I did phone her. He never expressed directly to me, in all honesty, that he preferred that I not phone her. He was playing more games of control with me. Had he simply said to me, look Bruce, I don't like your relationship with my mother. I think you're a negative person and I don't want you talking to her, then I would have respected his wishes and not phoned her. However he had not, and I knew for certain this would be the last time I would ever talk with my 91-year-old close friend, and in a roundabout way I wished to express my appreciation for her friendship these past years. Not at all the roundabout lying that her son preferred playing upon me. So I phoned her as a final farewell with much gratitude. And she expressed how happy she was to hear from me. Common sense indicates that I have been helpful and active with many elderly people, even near their moments of death, and I have always had a good caring way with them. But unlike the deviant administrator, the well-meaning assuming son was overcome with the last days of his mother of which I have also underwent with my own mother in 1999 and sympathized greatly for him. It was a very hard time for him concerned with his own responsibilities for his mother's injured situation.
in 2009 after new owners had given the deviant administrator absolute rule and power over all affairs, he was caught having homosexual sex in one of the retirement homerooms and was fired.